0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I'm the 28th coach to go in, okay? In the last 25 years, there's only been 10 coaches put in. Yeah, wow. head coaches are the first ones fired and take the blame <laughs> for when the team goes apart. You know what I mean? So why not prioritize that?
2: Hello and welcome once again to Beyond the Game. I am Kendall Gammon, 15-year NFL veteran. You can follow me on Twitter at Kendall Gammon. And of course, joined each and every week by Mr. Lamont Winston. You can follow him at Lamont Winston. Put that E on the end of Lamont. He is the OG of player programs in the NFL and this Beyond the Game, where we talk about life away from the field. When the game clock stops, but life's clock never does. And I'm going to tell you, Lamont, First and foremost, obviously, uh pleasure to have you on each and every week with me and, and host this show, which I think is unique. Uh, but man, this week, uh, we, we've got, as they want to say in baseball, sometimes a humdinger.
3: <laughs> no doubt. Kendall, as always, you know, being able to come on with you uh, is always a thrill and a pleasure. And it's really to really talk about, you know, this space, man. I mean, you know, this is, this is the National Football League, and it's not just, what people see on TV. Yeah. Um, they see when the guys have uniforms on. And that's the as well as coaches. I mean, we have Coach April on. Right. I mean, you know, so coaches have a lot of different responsibilities but beyond the playing field, uh, not only to the but the players, but also to their families. You know, they have their life, their lives are still moving. And as me, but to be able to have a forum to really talk about that, um, I think is just it's always therapeutic for me to talk about it because for years, you know, and in this space, you can't really talk about it. You have to be behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, and you know what? We've we've had a couple of Hall of Famers on already. Donnie Shell was our first guest. And, of course, Kevin Mowai, uh, assistant offensive line coach at Indianapolis, former NFLPA president, uh, to lend some unique perspectives. But today, we've got one of the most recent inductees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His name is coach Dick Vermeil. I was fortunate enough to play for him for 5 years. I know uh Lamont you were around him uh for a little bit as well and uh, of course you and I were recently at his uh induction ceremony and I was just honored to be there and be able to uh be a part of it. So with that, I, I think we get right to it and we bring on coach Vermeil.
1: Good morning, guys. How hey, you, hey, you doing, man? We appreciate you joining us. No, my pleasure. Yeah. How you, know how are you what? doing, coach? everything's going well, you know, I'm sort of calming down a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would say I probably uh, have thought as much about everything that happened since it happened as the, I anticipated it happening before it happened. I, I just can't turn off the thinking, you know, it's running through my mind. Sure. And I just started running through the pictures uh, that they took and God, there's hundreds of them. It, and I I smile at each one of them. You know, I'm going from ear to ear. You know, there was so much passion and emotion involved in the party after and uh, seeing guys I haven't seen in a long time. And even more importantly, seeing players that are seeing each other for the first time in a long time. And that was really a touching scene.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. Can you you put it into words? I mean, you had to be touched when you got that knock on the door and everything went on. but And you're coming up to it and you're up with it. But then – the gold jacket ceremony and coach Reed uh, flies up. And, and of course,
1: Amazing. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, you you know that you've touched people, you you understand that. I mean, this is not being, you know, overly yeah. complimentary to you, you understand this, but it gives you a better sense, doesn't it? When these people show up from your high school, no less.
1: Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, people keep saying how many people I've touched, right? I look at it the other way. I look at it how many people have touched me. I remember private conversations with you. And, yep. and they're your sidekick there. The, the different problems we were confronted with daily for five years and the mm. parties we put together for positions in the offseason to bring people together. And uh, gosh, uh, those are memories that I'll die with and hopefully yep. take whatever direction they send me after that. <laughs>
2: We're having a hard time. His his video is frozen up, but I'll, I'll I'll keep talking. I think one thing that Lamont was going to get into, um, and he may join us back here in a minute. The technology is wonderful, but sometimes it's it's not it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the game off the field. And a lot of things going on, but I am curious because you know you had a, a great college career. Obviously, a Rose Bowl with uh, uh, UCLA, right? Right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on NIL and, and what's going on? I, I know I have some myself, and then my son played at K-State, so I have some unique thoughts from him, him as well. You were fortunate enough to meet him, or he was fortunate enough to meet you this last week. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what you think about that.
1: Well, first off, I'm, I'm a believer that those kids could, should receive some money. All the way back at UCLA coaching, kids get parking tickets. They didn't have enough money to pay for the parking ticket fine. Yeah. You know? And uh, and every university is in a different community in a different part of the country with a a different price level to live there. Yeah, You know, the dollar isn't the same. in Pullman, Washington, it is in L.A., you know. So I I really think the kids should receive some money, which they're going to. But uh, uh, I've always felt the scholarship they get for playing the game is a tremendous paycheck, you know, a lot of parents can't afford to send her because I you know, had a granddaughter got a fifty five thousand dollars a year scholarship. Yeah, played field hockey at Villanova, you know. And she gets out of college, does a great job in school. She's got a job, but she's not making fifty five thousand dollars a year Yeah. full time. Exactly value in that, but uh, I think adding a stipend to that is the right thing and was the right thing to do. Maybe it should be a little bit more, but blowing it into a competitive world where you can earn more money because of your name. Right. I see some real negative contributions to that as we mature in that system.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in everything in life, uh, when it's new, there's always some unintended uh, consequences, and that's what we're going to see for a little while because some people are going to skirt the rules, and it'll be interesting. So, okay, let's Um, you know, I, I want to talk more about um, some of the things off the field. I mean, if, if there's anybody that, Personifies uh, a head coach relationship with their players. It's certainly you, and I know that from uh, my five years with you. Um, I wonder you you retired from the game from a long time after Philadelphia. I think you were burned out a little bit. You talked about Carol, you know, being being uh, smart enough to say, "Listen, you, you've you've got to tone it down a little bit." I'm, right. I'm paraphrasing. Um, did you have the same type of outlook? Back then, with Philadelphia, that I saw in my five years in Kansas City, or had it changed quite a bit?
1: No, I had the same approach. You know, I, I think I all all I ever was was a sophisticated high school coach with 100% involvement in football, no classroom, yeah. no PE classes thing. And I, you know, really, I never, I don't think I ever changed as a person or maybe my relationships with my players. Uh, you saw it with my Hillsdale High School kids. Yeah, 78 and 80 years old now. You know. <laughs> I love that part of it. And that doesn't mean I didn't discipline them when they needed it right. when they were kids, uh, get really upset with different players from time to time. But I always did those things in it in with the intent of helping someone be the best he could be. And some people need more help than others. That's Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'll bring up one cause I know it's, 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 it's not a secret. I uh, know it's from my years, but I mean, like, Don Dante I mean Don your relationship with him while he was playing and then even since then to me uh, I I think is amazing this is somebody that I think that looks at you like a dad and you guys stay connected even to this day and that's something that I think most people don't really realize about things
1: well I think all people need someone that really cares about it yep <clears throat> we all need to be recognize we all need to be appreciated and we all need to be praised. Uh Some people grew up with very little of it. Yep. Very little of it. And people grew up without stability within their, the environment they lived in. And I always tried to be a a coach that added some of that to them, especially when I recognized there might, some of the the lack of it is holding them back from being what they possibly could be. So I'm selfish. I want them to get, be a better player, better man. So we can have a better team collectively, you know, well,
2: that's, that's, we, that's,
1: it was a little of a project. I know
2: it. that's exactly right. You talk about it. You want them to perform on the field. So you make sure their personal life is going well. We've got Lamont back in Lamont. I talked a little bit about NIL in and college and, and coach okay. a little bit, but feel free to, to ask a few more questions. Now, now that you're back.
3: Well, you know, coach in terms of, you know, cause I've, I've kind of been watching this thing with, with first NIL. Okay. this name, image and likeness. and, You know, uh, uh, now you're in this money piece that's added to recruiting that's now pressured up, putting more pressure on assistant coaches and head coaches. I I mean, it is, I don't know if, Kim, is that something that's good for the game in terms of the future?
1: Or is it just not good at all? I think it's scary. And I don't know this. I've only talked to a few athletic directors. I think they're scared to death, too. How does uh, someone re. recruit against university of Oregon and Nike. Yeah. How, yeah. God, how yeah. do you do that? How do you, you know, it, with the backing that Nike can provide and the emblems on the shirt and the value of the name tied in with the emblem on the shirt. And it, it just, it's, I think it's going to create problems that the people that made these rules didn't really consider. And mm-hmm. yes, a lot of kids are going to gain a lot of money because if they already have from what I understand, but, uh, I just, I don't. I just think in the long run, there's going to be more negatives than positives.
3: So, coach, again, now, now think about. It. I'm just going to put you in the head coach seat. Now, uh, you got, you got, you know, a couple kids that make, you know, million dollars, two million dollars. What does that do to? And 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 what does that do to your team, the chemistry of your team, when those kids that's making the money may not be the best players, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, now they're not playing. How does that play with your chemistry? How do you how do you talk to your team about that? You know, it's just one more problem a head coach is going
1: to have to confront and learn how to handle. You know, you're, no one's going to have the immediate response that's correct. You're going to have to experience making some mistakes in communication. You're going to have to experience doing some things right. You're going to hurt some feelings. You're going to gain some respect. You're going to lose some respect. We're all going to learn. I'm fortunate really now not to have to deal with that stuff because, you know, we always had issues that you were dealing with on a a daily basis. Kendall, you knew knew that you always had some kind of issues. Now you take that down into the college level where money's involved. Yeah, and let's say you have a a player that ended up because of a highly recruited, great reputation, he's making a lot of money or already made a lot of money getting there. And now the kid that has zero dollar, he beats him out. Do you, do, do you find someone to pay him equal pay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just yeah, sure. I, think, I whenever politicians get involved in these kind of things, I I really think it it uh, it helps
3: a lot and hurts more. Okay, so then let's let's skip to the next one that's on the list: the transfer portal. I mean, you know, I, I, part of the argument I kind of understand, you know, because coaches come and go during you sign, you know, with with X university. Um, and in two years or a year, your coach is gone, right? But yeah. the kids can't leave if something's not right. But the transfer portal kind of has created kind of this extra back door, if you will. Oh, yeah. You know, for if I don't like the coach now, I can leave.
1: Yeah.
3: Right. What's your well, thoughts there, coach? I think there's some value. There's
1: going to be some coaches that are happy the kids leaving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get in that portal. You know, we made a mistake. You can't play here. You're not as good as we thought you were. And, you know, th- Those things are going to happen, too. I just think there's, you know, like anything, there's going to be some real positives. I just hope it is not abused, you know, right. uh, because, all right, I'm all conference in the Big 12, and now I'm going to move to the Big 8, or I'm going to move pac in because I have a better opportunity to make more money out there because my T-shirt name on the emblem or whatever it's going to be is going to Create a better income out there than it is here. Uh, when you start moving for reasons other than getting to play, yeah. then I think it, it it distorts the value of the whole process.
3: Yeah, and I and I can I can imagine where you know you think your 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 staff puts puts all this time into a young oh, man, and all of a sudden, and you know you you're planning on him. Um, I mean, how do they plan these days? And all of a sudden, after two years, he's gone.
1: Yeah, and you know, I can remember in college, football as a coach, predicting in my mind, this kid's going to be a hell of a starter in another year or two. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you get to that another year and two, now he's playing against you next year. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. you have invested in this time in developing those skills to get him ready to play. All, most players with confidence in themselves think they ought to play sooner than they do. Okay? Yeah. that's just, yeah. not, And I want them to feel that way. but. You know, hopefully they won't lose the respect for the value of improvement on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They, just because I go, I go from UCLA to USC, all of a sudden I'm going to be a better player. You know, yeah, yeah, grasses, what's the old slogan? The grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. I true. wonder how many times these kids move in the portal and say, Oh, what the hell am I doing Where here? I do? <laughs> you know, I'm 85 years old. I know yeah. a lot of guys have had a, a marital problem and divorce and remarried. And I talked to him today and I say, oh, my God, I should have kept the first one. You know, <laughs> you know? so you just never know. You just never know.
2: Coach, as you look back at your uh, college career, obviously uh, you saw people and how they performed on the field. But you're very aware of, of what was going on off the field, I think, and if they did have problems or not or things going on. So, number one, I would think when NFL coaches came calling – you had to be honest to, to to keep that level of trust of them talking to you. And then once you got in the NFL, um, were you able to put stock in the coaches? And there were certain ones that, that you knew would give you straight, and, and maybe some that didn't. But but how yeah. important was that to you? Because obviously you want the most talented players, but sometimes you know they're not the most talented off the field.
1: Right. You know, I I always tried to go on a uh, gut feeling for the trust I have the person I'm talking with. Mm-hmm. In, 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 like interviewing people, hiring, putting staffs together. I was not a great interviewer. I could never sit with a guy for two hours and determine he was a genius. You know, I, but so I always use recommendations, but from people I trust. If Bill Walsh called me and said, hire Jerry Wamper, I hired him. Okay. If someone told Rod Howard calls me and says, coach John Masco is a hell of a coach. He didn't work here in New York. When I brought John Masco in to hire him for an interview, so-called at the, the Rams. My second year there, he sits down. And I said, John, I didn't bring you into interview. I brought you to hire you. I brought you the <laughs> yeah, person yeah. that recommended you. You know, and if if Lamont Winston calls me and say, Coach, this would make it this guy would be a great program guy for your program. I'd hire him based on that, not my two-hour conversation with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, trusting people uh, is, I think, one of the most critical things you. In relationships, in decision making, and, and you learn to also uh, not take everything, some things people say uh, for as it really how it really is. You know. Yeah.
3: You know, Coach. I I've I've always been thrilled. The fact you know, I've, I've often found myself talking about you. You know, and as a as the first special teams coach, and I think that you know, when you think about that, it's not just like the first special teams coach, but when you look at special teams coaches that's the only coach that really interacts with every single position on the right. team. Right. Yep. And so I'm my, my question is when, when you were, when you were uh, in that position, is that where you kind of honed your natural skills of building relationships because you had all kind of guys, right? You know, good question. And then no question. I think that helps.
1: My whole thing developed from high school coaching. You know, I, I just, Every day you'd be with those kids mm-hmm. and you'd see what a statement or a positive statement can do to help a kid and what a negative statement can do to hurt a kid. And, and you, you keep working on these different things with players to help them get better, help them be better students, help them be better young men. And you go into junior college, now you're working with a bracket mid-year or two older, and they have the same issues and you have the same process. So all I did as I grew in coaching is mature the process and keep studying, and I had the opportunities to to work with. You know, I, I have coached with, on the same staff, 29 different guys that carried the title NFL head football coach. Wow. When they were one, after they were one or later became one. And wow. i learned so much from all those guys. And by the time I came back after being out of coaching 14 years. I couldn't be the coach style that I was when I left. When I left, I UCLA, I ran my own office, called my own place, coached my own quarterback. <laughs> yes, I had people with titles, but I was involved in everything. Mm-hmm. And when I left for 14 years, I couldn't do that when I came back. So now I had to I had to decide who I delegate things to and who I designate things to. Mm-hmm. When I I designate Lamont Winston, your player program, do it. I don't go in there and tell you how to do it. I I learn about how you do it as we work together. You know, I don't think we ever said, gee, don't do it that way. I I learned from you. But the same thing can happen if you have a proper communication system with your coaches. And then, you know, when all of a sudden you got to say, you know, I I will move the scheme this way or let's run the ball more or let this and this and this is how we're going to practice. You know, I never lost the organization – of uh, the practice, the tempo, the pads, the treatment by assistant coaches—you uh, uh, know—I just I controlled all of that and it, uh, tried to create an atmosphere in which everybody enjoyed working, and, and an atmosphere in which all players enjoyed being coached, mm-hmm. even tough coaching, tough love coaching, or. Happy, fun coaching,
3: you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah, it can be done. And every once in a while, you
3: know, Lamont. Every once in a while, I blow my sack. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Have so, you to, get so somebody. At what point, like when you were out that fourteen year, I know you know you you just gained a lot. You used to tell us all the time, like, "You kidding me? I get to go to all these practices. Yeah. I get to see how everybody's doing it." Yeah. Right. Right. When did you start seeing or hearing about player programs and, and and kind of seeing what was in place that wasn't in place when you left football, but was in place when you came back? And I know when you started at the Rams, you had, you know, Kevin was there, but was there some point uh, in that 14 year space where you said, okay, that has value. So I'm going to, you know, immerse. I'm going to have that position at my next stop. When, When did that happen? In that 14-year space of being out of it, remember,
1: I'm on a practice field and in a meeting room all season, all mm-hmm. around the country, high college level and NFL level. There's some generalizations that I took from those 14 years. Number one, people want discipline. Mm-hmm. As much as they'll complain about strictness and hate. Hey, it, was, it was mentioned the other day at the round table when uh, – the kid, excuse my mind, senior moment here from Jacksonville. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Really?
1: <clears throat> Tony Baselli said, "You know, I, I I didn't really care for for Coach Coffin when he coached me, but boy, do I care about him now. What he taught mm-hmm. me, and he put, you know, what he taught me, and what a better player he made me, what a better coach, what a better person he made me, you know." And I, I have said in NFL locker rooms next to a, a great player. And sit there and see a guy walk by and he said coach if i were head coach i wouldn't have that guy in my team he says we don't have any discipline problems because we don't have any discipline right. i had <laughs> him say that to me i said how can you have discipline problems when you have no discipline you know yeah. they want it now they may bitch and they may moan yes example, you go to bill snyder's practice at kansas state you talk about grind and work, yes. and, work yes. and work and work and look what he did you go to tom Coughlin when he was at boston college Line up, beat Penn State, line up, beat Michigan, line up, beat Notre Dame, these kind of things with with structure, discipline. And, yes, the kids, oh, my God, he drove me crazy. But when it's all said and done, they admire and respect what they, mm-hmm. the man did for him. Coach, you know, you've watched Tom Osborne run a college football practice. You know, you uh, you watch Chip Kelly's football practices. are amazing how well organized and stream and structure and movement. and And you watch Don Shula. I often said to the Sadan Shula, to me, he's General Eisenhower in the NFL. I mean, he is a general, he's a MacArthur. And you watch him coach, Ed, there's a reason they're 17 of 0. And yeah. I guarantee you, every one of those guys was a little mad at him all season long, but mm-hmm. they died for him today, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm convinced, even more so today, we need structure, we yeah. need discipline, we need standards that have to be met. And we need uh, a method of disciplining those that don't. And sometimes you got to be careful there. I've made a few mistakes myself for that. But, uh,
3: uh, but you know, coach, with, it's, critical. it's with, critical. You know, coach, with, it, it, with you know, with that though, it was you know, then you take that to the player when you take the jersey off, right? And you know, he comes from no structure, yeah. right? Yeah. Or so the structure he has is not a good structure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and now, you know, but but you know, in the NFL, you're always on the clock. You're always moving. Time's always going. And so coming to the Rams, you and, and you had that implemented with Kevin, um, uh, you know, how long did it take for, for you and your coaches uh to really say, Okay, like I got we got this guy got value, but he's doing his value. It's more than just program, it's really dealing with players and beginning to find ways to uh Make them better. Buying the structure yeah. if you will to be held.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's any one answer for that. My overall philosophy was you make them better on the field, you make them happy off the field. If all you want to do is make them happy, buy them ice cream. They'll all love it. You know, <laughs> you, you, they've got to work. They've got to work. And uh and they all have to work. Yeah. And the other thing I learned in the NFL locker room that the second and third string kid never felt that he was treated as well as the superstar. Mm -hmm. Very few guys ever told me they were as happy as the guy that's treated as the superstar and paid more money. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, when I came back, and I did it some in uh, Philadelphia, I learned that. But after hearing people talk, and then I came back in the structure, I made sure, or tried to make sure, that my long snapper felt he was as important as my quarterback. Mm. And that the guy who was my third quarterback felt he was every bit as important as the starting quarterback. Now he's not going to get the same reps and he's all, but he's going to get the same treatment. He's going to be given respect. I I say to me, everybody became an all pro mm-hmm. If you're on my roster. You're an all pro. And, uh, and we're going to treat you like that. And it's amazing. Some of my not. The other day, at our party, there were kids there that I cut after one year. I cut yeah. uh, uh, 1976. <laughs> he was there, and he was so happy to see me. But he, he knew, because however he was treated and dealt with on a daily basis, he didn't have NFL talent. But we look as if he was going to be an NFL talent, and when he got out of coaching, you continue to help him. Help him get his next offensive line coaching job. Stay in touch with him. And these kind of things that, you know, I, I, that to me was really added depth to our overall approach to working with young guys. Well, you saw it the other night when you guys were there. There were so many people that enjoyed seeing each other. Starters and all pros, gold jacket guys and backup players. They're, they're brothers,
3: you know, they're brothers. I remember I remember, and I, and I hadn't seen either one of these young men since we left there it was Chris Horn. And uh, Dave Klemme, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I will—I'll never forget that training camp. And you know, we're in a training camp now. At some point, they're gonna start dealing with roster and yeah. looking at who, who. And I remember, and, and both those kids had talent. They may not have been like what we had in front of them, yeah. but you saw something in them. And and I remember you—you you needed one spot on practice squad. Yeah. And what you did was one week you brought up one guy. And, then, and the other guy was at home. And then the next week, that guy was at home. You brought this guy up. And I think the team, the guys were like, and these kids probably could have gone somewhere else, but it was the culture, and to your point, they felt that it was worth it to be in that position then and, and get coached and feel valued, if you will, like everybody else, then to go somewhere and chase a buck, right? And then yeah. get cut and be out. But when I saw Klimic and, 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 and Chris uh it just brought back, I'm like, this is unbelievable.
1: Right? Yeah, well, I this. Of course, I'm very close to Dave Klimic. Yeah. His father deserted the family of five when they were kids. Mm. Deserted him. Okay, deserted him. Great kid. And remember, he ended up being the fastest guy in the team. Remember? Dante ran. You can see it on YouTube. It ran the 40 against each other. They were nose to nose. Yeah. But in, I say his he and his wife and baby have been in his home. Within the last couple of months, okay, Sam, so we remain close. And uh, and Chris Horn, I always believed he could play, and it was uh, I didn't want to let him get out of there. yeah if you remember this, two thousand four, we, we we come off a thirteen and three season, and we lose a playoff game because the touch winning touchdowns call back, okay. So we we go zero and three the first three starts, remember? Then we go to Monday night game. In Baltimore, not far from where I'm sitting, Baltimore Ravens, they're a good team. We're 0-3. Who has to play a lot because of injuries is Chris Horn. Mm-hmm. Who was the star of the game? Chris Horn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He unbelievable. He's not supposed to be able to do what he does. He could do it. And yeah. it's important for coaches to recognize who those kids are. And then provide them the opportunity. To, you know, Look at Sam Mills yeah oh, in the hall of fame he's not supposed to be good enough i have london fletcher kurt warner those guys were not supposed to be good enough your job as a coach is to recognize who they are and make sure they make you look smart and mm-hmm. uh, chris horn chris horn played like a legitimate starting wide receiver right. sure. and the next week he sat down yeah but, <laughs> and it was just he was was just- really bothered me See, that bothered me but uh I think I think it's with the different rules they have today because of COVID and all the stuff that it, it increased opportunities for kids in that situation. But Chris Horn came from the West Coast to mm-hmm. be here, okay, and that that means so much to me. Number one, he knew we cared. Yeah, you know, and he cared, and uh, he knew my coaches cared about him. Al Saunders coaching those guys, and mm-hmm. and, and uh, Charlie Joiner, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, and just to watch them see each other for the first time, it's more yeah. than a hug; it's an embrace. Yeah, it was it was
3: tremendous, Coach. It was it was it was it was fired up. It was it was really something. So, Coach, I'm gonna throw something at you. So you, you, you again. You had you talked about it earlier, and I want our listeners to be able to really pick up on this. Like, like head coach's job is to see beyond kind of where everybody's at, so he can anticipate things for everybody. So you've, you added some secret sauce when you were at the Rams, right? Tell me about Billy Long and that secret sauce, because he was a college coach, I think at the time right. when you guys came to talk about Billy and, and, and that secret sauce and the impact he had.
1: Well, you know, when I came there, Billy Long was coming to training campus an assistant strength coach as uh free. I mean, they didn't pay him just as like an intern. They didn't get paid. They paid his expenses. And <clears throat> I watched him communicate with different people. And, you know, a, a, a black man can talk to another black man different than maybe I can talk to him. I may, I may yep. say the same thing, but I won't say it the same way Billy would say it. You know, mm-hmm. and I started watching him. I started watching him. I started then I started asking him to come back more often. He had to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So then we we get playoffs. I'd bring him back for the playoff game, you know. But I, I can remember giving him the squad to talk to. And we were we were not a very good football team. The first year we lost eight in a row. That's hard to do. You almost have to throw games, lose eight in a row. And, we did. <laughs> and I would give Billy the day he left. I would give Team. Now, first guy, not on your payroll. Say, Billy, talk to the team. And he would point at certain players and get after their butt in front of the whole team, like I would not do. Mm-hmm. And they, you could hear a pin drop. So, what happens? Uh, when I come back into coaching, I call it, I say, Billy, I need you to come with me. I need your influence in the locker room, I need your leadership in the weight room, plus, in the weight room. He was also a line coach. So yeah. he coached weight training, including offensive line fundamentals. So mm-hmm. he can more practice with those guys. But Billy Long was one of the finest, maybe the finest communicator
3: yeah.
1: I've ever worked with. Did just you and me talk? One day I walk in. I walk in his way. Room. He's giving Carl Peterson, the president of the team, a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> i have never they're behind never the glass window um, yeah yeah you know <clears throat> you know unfortunately he got all screwed up in transportation and didn't get to the event Kevin Warren organized his whole trip paying for it and everything else and it got all screwed up and oh. Billy admitted yesterday part of it was his fault
3: yeah he and I talked he and I talked
1: he talk. anyway uh, he's an original piece so I tried like hell to get him a job after they let him go at Kansas City the year after I left I tried hard with the Denver Broncos because I know Shanahan. And, but uh, I couldn't find someone that that respects that kind of a contribution as much as I do. Right. I, I love a, a guy like Billy that can get in the nose of some guy. He's looking up like that. And that guy on the other side is listening. Yeah. He's not only hears what he's saying. He listens to what he's saying and walks away, hey, you know, I just got my butt chewed out and you know, I gotta straighten up a little or I gotta work harder or I can't be late for a meeting. I, you know, all these things, yeah.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
4: Hey, sorry to interrupt. i got to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Dave. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get in and out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can give you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on your bills. Trust me, you need it in this economy. You can finally tackle those expenses that you've been stressing out and, and without any huge hangups. And, and that's great. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get their financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from Future You. Here's what you gotta do: you gotta go download the Dave app from the App Store right now. App Store of your choice, it's everywhere. Use promo code KC Sports when you go download that app. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash count and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. This podcast is also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Listen, me personally, I'm not that big of a coffee drinker, but if I do drink coffee, when I do drink coffee, because it does happen... I want it to be the finest beans, the finest source coffee, because I don't want to drink any crap. And at Trade Coffee, they're incredible. They connect customers with the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. There's one in Topeka that I've had. It's absolutely incredible. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. So if you love to help out small businesses, you're going into trade. Trade helps out these small businesses by getting you guys into contact. And I know especially in this economy, you want to help out these small businesses as as much as you can. And Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses, farmers who pay their prices to sustainably source their beans. And whenever your friends call you a coffee snob, or you just know that when coffee tastes really perfect, that's Trades Real Expert Coffee experts. They've got these over 450 experts and 450 roasts that they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is, what I like in my coffee is not the same what you guys like in your coffee. That's why they got the quiz to to directly cater uh, to what you like, to what you want in your coffee, and they will match you with the perfectly the perfectly tailored coffee for you and trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or grounds. You get to choose that personally. I like to grind my own stuff. So I like to get the, the whole beans taste fresher French press that stuff. It's delicious. You know, however you want to brew it, you can brew it however you want it. They'll get you the coffee. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than over 750,000 positive reviews. That's incredible. Can't get that many people to agree on anything this year. any at any time, But right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off their first order plus free shipping. When you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let Trade find a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off. Now let's get back to the show.
3: Yeah. Coach, I remember, like for me in my in my role in player development, you know, it's 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 always having your relationships with the coaches and 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 because it helps you really whatever you're dealing with with the player, it it, it helps you, right? It it's an added. and so Billy uh, and I just connected because we're, built, we're like the same, like you gotta you gotta get after it, but you gotta get after him with respect, right? Yeah. and I re- I remember <laughs> Billy was like, we're not gonna sit in practice. Yeah, would be like, come on, come on, we're going to take so-and-so and we're going to walk for four miles, Yeah, right? And we're walking through the River Falls, <laughs> you know, getting the workout in, but Billy was like, no, you're not going to stand around and complain yeah. at practice, Yeah. right? You're going to work, you're going to work to to the point where they were like, man, I'm trying to get back to practice. I don't want to deal with you, Billy, because he was too hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I will tell you this, uh, uh, you know, I think, and I say Billy because you know, head coaches, and you know, have you know again, they have to have people in place uh, that can help them anticipate things that could be coming, yeah. right? So they you can. probably you're up. saying, what you're saying, Lamont
1: and Kendall is uh, a head coach doesn't know have to know everything, but he right. know the main things. Correct. He better know the main things, Correct. and then he better recognize who can fill what he thinks he needs help in with the right kind of person, the right kind of technique coach, the right kind of special teams guy, the right kind of the, – the most complete package I ever worked with as a coach was a special teams coach, Frank Gann Sr. Yeah. yeah. His, his <clears throat> meetings were absolutely unbelievable. I took John Madden into one of his meetings one time. John Madden walked out of that meeting after it was over. He says, Dick, he says, that's the finest coach's wow. meeting I have ever been in can we put it on television if you win this playoff game? I said, there's no way you could put that on television. <laughs> you know, you develop this level of uh, deep respect and you attack a problem, not a person. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and every once in a while I found myself attacking a person because he needed it, mm-hmm. he needed it, and, and not to demean him, but to make him aware, some people, you got to hit him over with a head with a baseball bat to make oh, him yeah. aware. But you know, man, I learned too, a lot yeah, from uh, broadcasting and uh, watching other people do it, too, no question.
2: One thing, uh, Coach, you probably know, but for our listeners out there and when we we're talking about Billy Long, you know, me being there for those five years in Kansas City with him uh just to your point literally i watched i've even been one at one point in time i've watched uh willie rofe hall of fame uh, will shields hall of fame ryan waters nfl man, uh, man of the year i mean just go back and forth with billy shouting at the top of their lungs and going after things and they're having a good time but they were making a point also and um i did it some myself and as a player to have the availability to be able to kind of raise your feelings sometimes to somebody that you're safe with, but you know is going to maybe communicate a message in a better way than you're communicated to them. Uh, You know, that just had to be like you said, so valuable for you because I mean, you probably got the message that Willie wrote for, for, or uh, Will Shields were talking about, but you didn't get it in the fashion that they gave it to Billy, which was screaming and and pretty pissed about things. And then, then you think
1: about things. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned Willie rope. No, he's one of them. I love the guy. He's yeah. an amazing guy. And I only got the coaching through. He came there <clears> to <throat> our the program in Kansas City. And like a lot of old-timers think, well, you know, I'm going to come in. I'll just – I'll warm up during the week and play the game on Sunday. And I don't believe in that approach. Right. And I I would get on – Willie, I would get on. I went in the offensive – I remember. Well, I went in the offensive line room. And I told him, I says, Willie, you know, I, I coached your college offensive line coach. I know him. You know – your college football coach i know him he coached for me at the rams if i showed him your practice films they'd buke they would know it's willie rofe they'd get all over you and i would get all over yeah. that in the offensive line meeting room you know yeah. willie said thank you when he went to the hall of fame yeah no no, said, man. thank you his father said to me at the party after willie's induction coach you really helped him finish his year strong. His, his years last year strong, and get him in his Hall of Fame. Thank you. You know, no matter how good you are, me, everybody, someone. Sometimes you have to be set straight by someone yeah. you sure. respect. You know. Sure. You know, when you gave that coach. You know you know. you know, you know this. Sometimes you do it with a person, and they won't speak
3: to you the rest of their life. You know, yeah. you're going to lose some doing that. You're going to lose some doing. That. And you yeah. know, and you know, coach. I think like with that, and people have talked to me about that over over my career. It's like, you know, some people don't know how to communicate, you know, the the effect that you've had on them, even if you had to get after them, right, right. Yeah, but they know their own truth. Most most people know their own They're truth. It. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 as long as I knew, as long as I walked away knowing that I gave my best, I was able, you know, to to sleep at night, right, because. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, it, 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 and I learned this a long time. Marty Schottenheimer told me this when this whole player programs development thing started. He said, Lamont, he said, I'm going to say this to you. He said two things, a couple things. One, he said, you know, players, when they're trapped, okay, they'll, they'll fool you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, when they're trapped, they'll fool you. So he said, be careful. He said, now, look, to your point, I don't need to know everything. But here's going to be our barometer. If it's going to threaten his life, the organization, right, embarrass the organization and hurt someone else, I need to know. I say, Coach, yeah. fair enough.
2: Yeah.
1: You, know, you, you,
3: you, right? you just mentioned a man that belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I
1: said it the other day. If I'm yeah. man, he belongs in the Hall but of Fame. Do. We've just got to get away that a person <laughs> of that quality as a coach and a man like and Dan Reeves doesn't have to go in posthumously posthumously it's just yeah you know i i had you know i'm going to have a little voice you know i'd love to see it uh, next year let's say it's mike holmgren goes in or tom coughner or mike shanahan goes in a coach can go along in with them uh posthumously yeah. but you can't keep putting it off yeah, so you I agree. can't keep ignoring the performance of those kind of people in our league and uh, you know i'm the 28th coach to go in okay in the last 25 years there's only been 10 coaches put in yeah wow. head coaches are the first ones fired to take the blame for the team goes apart you know what i mean so wh- why not prioritize that
3: yeah yeah
1: you hey, no that's of course i'm an ex-coach so
3: well guess what coach you have a gold jacket now and you, yeah. you to lose, and you got a voice right now Hey, you you go. i'm gonna wear it tomorrow I'm, fly, I'm flying to sarasota
1: florida tomorrow my offensive center at the Rams, Mike Bruder-Doria. I'm very close to him. He's a good player and a great guy. And he he volunteers his time helping coach high school offensive line down in a good team, the big school. And they have their all-sports banquet, and I'm flying down to be the speaker. And I'm wearing that gold jacket. There you go, Coach.
3: Absolutely. That is for
2: real. So, hey, Coach, so kind of changing direction a little bit. We kind of talked about it. But one thing I talk about a lot when I speak uh, all around is – and the NFL is a violent game, and violent people don't always grow up in Beverly Hills. They grow up in violent places, come from bad situations. Uh, I would imagine. I know a few. I'm not going to name names. You can name any names if you want. But uh, there've been some times where it's been some really difficult situations, and and you, I mean, you really had to jump in. Maybe with with the cooperation of the help or a player, uh, a player development like Lamont Winston or somebody like that. Uh, have there been some situations that you can talk about?
1: Well, the worst one was with the running back situation at the Rams when I took over. First-round pick out of Nebraska the year before. And an yep. extremely gifted young man in Lawrence Phillips. Extremely yeah. gifted. But uh, uh, just a loose cannon. And, he, you know, I remember before we ever coached him, he had a, my wife, Carol and I, and Lynn Stiles and his wife, took him out for birthday party at, at, at Morton's in St. Louis. And at the end of the dinner, we had a birthday cake made for birthday cake made for him. And it came up. he said, "Coach, that was the first birthday cake he ever had in his life." Wow! Oh,
2: wow! That sent chills through me. That,
1: yeah, you know. And he he was a troubled guy. Yeah, I, I used to tell him, I said, you know, LP does not stand for Lawrence Phillips. It stands for low profile. And you better learn, because you know everyone's looking at you. Everything you do. And, you know, he just – when he showed up, he passed out in pregame warm-up about the fourth, fifth game of the season. Now, here's your number one player. First wow. round pick from the year. Passes out from dehydration. Why? Because he had been drinking so heavily the night before. Total disrespect, you know. And uh, so, you know, I I found out what happened, you know, brought him in the, uh, the room the next day uh, – I talked to Kevin Warren about it. I talked to my ownership. And I said, you know, I'm trying to build a football program here. And if I allow my football team to see me because he's the first (coughs) Northwick and the best player we got, get away with something like that, I'll never be successful here. Right. So I bring him in my office, and I I said, Lawrence, what would you do if you were coached here for me? He looked me right in the eye with big tears rolling down. Mm -hmm. He said, I'd cut me. And I says, that's exactly what I'm gonna do.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Whoa. I right.
1: I uh, I, I think that and and uh, you know if I were coaching today or had not been at it for 14 years, I'd probably do it differently. Right. You know, I'd probably do it different because the end result, if I got him a job with Bill Walsh, the 49ers, then he got mm-hmm. kicked off that team for getting in a conversation with a coach, you know. Wow. He just, you know, he had too many scars too many scars you know like you said uh the different environments some of these kids have and me i would sit in my office and listen to somebody tell me something about you know coach my father put a cock pistol to my forehead when i was 15 years old i could and you know the name of that person right? yeah i do i won't yeah. tell you who it is but you guys played with them okay so you know we don't know that's why i love in the spring our our dinners with the, yes. at the house you sit around that table, you hear things you would never hear on the practice field, never hear in a meeting room, and never hear in your own office in a meeting. Yeah. And, and, and you hear guys talking and communicate. And, you know, because of those dinners, I, got, I get pictures of a player that's wife just had a baby the, the week or so during one of those dinners and brought the baby. Now they send me pictures of the baby. He's 20-something years old or he's playing at so-and-so college. You know that's so rewarding. It's
3: so rewarding. Yeah. Well, you know, Coach, I remember you. You at those dinners, and again, it speaks to you know uh, just the totality of you and Carol, and and really reflects um, uh, your 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 past because to your future because you would get out of practice, so Carol's got to get these big giant. I've never seen potatoes. That big sense, right? So <laughs> she'd get that, and we had and we had these, you had these huge briskets, and the head coach of Kansas City Chiefs is on a patio where the grill is bigger than the patio almost, and yep. he's doing these briskets, and, these, and the players would come and 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 teach them about wine, and it was interesting because it wasn't about just drinking. No, you know, you Oh, it was about relationships, learning, how to, learning wines. And, yeah. and so, again, it, to, to watch play. And I would sit back sometimes and it, it's almost like the players would like exhale, like they were all in their own living rooms and just relax. They probably talked to each other more at those dinners. Oh, yeah. than they I've did. I
1: Yeah, I've got stacks of great pictures. Oh, you yeah. mentioned that the wine thing. Okay, I was born around wine. It was never an alcohol. It was part of your meal. Yeah. Brian Waters is sitting to my left. God bless Brian Waters. What you know he's a Hall of Fame caliber officer. I agree. He really is. No question about it. But anyway, he's sitting there forms of wine. He says, No, coach, I never had a glass of wine that didn't have a screw top on it. <laughs> 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 and, he, and he liked it, you know, and I can see Tony Gonzalez sitting back in <laughs> the corner of a table with Billy Baber with their arms around each other just no. laughing at him. <laughs> I was never afraid of that environment with a player because I, I, I was never afraid of them really knowing what I'm all about and who I am. Right. And they, they saw me in that environment and they saw me and they heard me chew their ass out. Okay. And, and they, so they, uh, they, they accept you as a whole person. Yeah. individual. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then, you know, coach with those dinners, it's interesting because, um, you know, it, and then it got back into the first couple months we had, we were doing them. And then all of a sudden it, you go to the locker room. It's like, hey, Lamont, when's our position? Hey, when's our I mean, they, they could not wait yeah. to the yeah. position. They were lined up, right? And if a guy, you know, like, you know what? like To your point, Coach, like, hey, our baby is, like, bring the baby. I remember it would be babies laying on you and Carol's bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but everybody, they did not want to miss that because it was the it was cool because then I'm never hearing them them talk about the various things they talked about in the locker room,
1: Yeah.
3: right? I mean, right. It, it, just, it just created and yeah. added this environment of togetherness that I think, and as I watch, you know, guys during when they're playing on, on Sundays, you're just under pressure. I'm like, that's why these guys love each other. They don't just like each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. they love each other, yeah. right? Because they yeah. be getting after yeah. each other on the sidelines, right? It, it was never like, okay, that guy over there, he just, no. I mean, they got after another star running back you had, right? <laughs> you know, the, the same way, you know, but they, you didn't have to do it. They did it.
1: Yeah,
3: It's not against the law to tell the truth.
1: Yeah. It never has been. Exactly. True. I can remember my first meeting with Kendall Gammon like it was yesterday. I As know. do I. Yeah, I said, you know, Kendall, I really don't want to keep you on the roster. Exactly. i a long snapper. I would like to have a long snapper that plays a position because today with the restrictions of guys that can suit up, you know, it just adds depth. But he was so good at what he did and he was so good about his total involvement in the team. There's no way you could kind of earn the right to stay there. And I I would not have, I never thought about it again. Never, never thought about it because it's too valuable a contribution. And uh, you learn these things too, as you mature as a coach.
2: No, it's funny. uh, I tell that story when I when I speak also, because, I mean, you know, you have those meetings every year, entrance and exit. And I remember my response was, well, those people don't exist anymore and I'm going to be here. And I always joke about the fact that our our meeting didn't last much longer after that. I mean, but the one thing I talk about and you just mentioned was. All I asked, and I think all players ask, is to know truly where they stand with things. And you told me exactly where I stood Mm -hmm. on things. And that, therefore, in my mind, presented a challenge. And I think when you challenge people is when you get the best out of them.
1: No question. Yeah. It all goes back to trusting what you say. Yep. The old expression if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Unbelievable. (laughs) Coach, I got to ask. I got to ask you this question. I think for our, for our listeners, I think and, and everybody that's involved in in coaching and and, and you know pressure situations. But um, let, let's just for a second behind the head coach, Coach Vamille. Like like how and when did you find balance between loving football and loving self?
1: I don't know. You know, a long time I had the the the, the football ahead. I was out of balance. That's one reason I had to leave coaching. I was out of balance with family, everything. You know, I was so driven, and I was a, a naturally intense, emotional guy. You know, and uh, as I when I left coaching, I, I knew that mistakes I made. Number one, I could hear, but I didn't listen. Mm-hmm. The people that had great experience and great uh, the ability to give great foresight, and I wouldn't listen. And then I go into broadcasting. I watch coaches that I know are better coaches than I am, coach. And I, I watch them, and you learn a little bit. And plus, you mature. There's no correlation between age and maturity. <laughs> wow. I've coached 18-year-old kids that are as mature as a 35-year-old. I've coached a 35-year-old kid that isn't as mature as an 18-year-old. Oh, no, yeah. So You you know that, Lamont. So no, no doubt. Same, same with me. You, you keep working on you may not be the best, but you can always get better. Yeah, that's how I really learned to handle it. You know, that's why I've been married sixty-six years. to St. Carol, you talk about tolerance of a pain in the ass. Me, my God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, I think uh, the, the the value of playing the game and being involved in a well-organized coaching staff and a well-organized football team with depth, the the contribution that makes beyond salary. To everybody's life is, you can't buy it. Yeah. You really you can't buy it. Yeah, not no, just, you know. And I also see, you know, your, your player programs. I went into NFL programs where the head coach would not even allow the the pro player programs guy who's on full salary, right. really be involved. Yeah, we didn't want him involved. And I'm thinking, yeah. I would say to myself, you, what you don't know, what you don't know. You know, yeah. Because you <clears and throat> coach are only with the player. When he comes on the field, or in the meeting room, or you call him into your office, okay, then he's gone. He's with the rest of the team. He's with the rest of the community. He's with his family far more than you are. Yeah, and you you need you know. Jimmy Johnson made this statement not too long ago. I read it. It was so good. You don't worry about the leadership in the locker room if they believe in the leader because they'll all represent the same things.
3: You say interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Don't yeah. Anyway. Well, do
2: you think some of the coaches that you saw that that would not let the player programs in whatever do you think that's a fear of a a loss of control or just just a simple lack of understanding
1: there are coaches philosophies and i'm not saying it's wrong it's different that don't want a player to relax and not feel the tension He's going to be cut tomorrow right yeah because they think it motivates them to get better i think sometimes you know, I don't agree with that, and
3: I'm not saying they're wrong. I just don't agree right. with it. Yeah, I just you don't agree with it. Yeah. Well, you know, Coach, I think I think when I – you know, I've kind of been in this space all my professional career in the NFL, and I learned all of my attributes, not knowing this position was going to even be there one day, was I learned this in, this in college, as a college football coach and working in high school and junior college. But, you know, it was – I was able to help coaches understand a little bit, like, Coach, you know, if – it's not the player's talent that gets him in situations. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 his environment. Mm-hmm. And these young guys, you know, they have two girlfriends that show up. A guy has his wife come to a game, and the girlfriend, and he screws up and gets him ticket in the same section. Yeah. Now, now, where is his mind before the game when that happened to me? That yeah. actually happened to me. Yeah. I had to put that out and get that done. There's a lot. Okay, tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, so so it's it, – it, but I think I think uh, over time at the Combine, you were master at really not drilling the X's and O's, but you wanted to know. When you sat in that 15, 20 minute you wanted to know, and I think there you know, our coaches began to understand that our player development department has a role. It's not about at that point going back to school or, you know, second career development. It's about how can I live my life, and then be able to separate that from my professional career playing pro football. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about those meetings
1: at the combine. They they gradually disintegrated to be of very little value. Those interviews because the 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 agents for these guys learn what's being asked and they teach the players how to answer that question. Correct. You know, I'll never forget the time one guy leaves. He spills the bean. He's been in trouble all the time. he's been, And he gets to the door and he just turns When he says, Oh, I forgot one thing. I did get in trouble. I said, What was that? He said, I drank too much one time and uh, I went off the road and drove right into a person's house. <laughs> and he, forgot, he forgot to tell us that. <laughs> Holy mackerel. But that wow. happened. When he walked out of the door, the whole room just exploded. not was like a first or second round pick. Yeah. Hey, he Coach, failing.
2: Oh, I bet. Hey, hey Coach, you know, I know we're getting to the end of the hour and, and uh, don't want to take too much time. you got a schedule. I'm curious, as we start to wrap it up or wrap it up here, is there one moment in, in your football career that just stands out above everything else?
1: Well... I'll tell you, uh, and, and from a football coaching standpoint, I, I go all the way back to the Rose Bowl. Okay, uh, I ran my own offense. We'd beaten, been beaten, uh, forty-one to twenty-one or something like that in the regular season by the Ohio State Buckeyes, number no one team, supposedly one of the finest teams ever assembled, and then we, uh, we, beat them in the Rose Bowl, and uh, uh, I just that game just. Mm-hmm. Added so much uh, confidence in our approach. You know, that football team won out on strike. John Shira, who was at the Hall of Fame, who came on. Oh, out, yeah. They went out on strike about halfway through the practice sessions because how we were working. And, uh, <laughs> because I had made the statement in the locker room after we beat USC to go that we're going to the Rose Bowl and have a lot of fun. They interpreted that we were going to go to the Rose Bowl and have a lot of fun. No, the only way to go to a Rose Bowl and have fun is to win it. Win. Yeah. And I remember the, the mental preparation, the physical preparation. I remember <clears> their <throat> strike. I remember what I told them. And I remember how they played. And they won. And to this day, every guy from Randy Cross to John Shower to Wendell Tyler to, to Doc Walker, those guys, the first thing they talk about is how freaking hard they work. See, they gave you a 15-day limit. But they didn't say you couldn't work twice a day. And they knew Ohio State wasn't. So hey, anyway, uh, that that I just felt as a coach that was the best single job I ever did as a wow. coach, uh, and it just I take great pride in that. One of the finest experiences as a head coach happened to me Friday night when Andy I came down the locker room. Yeah, go to the gold jacket event, and there is Andy Reid with Tammy Reid and Alan Wright standing in the doorway. It's done. It's stunned me, and I have great admiration for Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I choke up thinking about. I have never had another coach display that respect for me at any time in my career. Wow, That's leaving insane. his own practice field, not next door. In Kansas City, exactly, in Ohio, to say congratulations, Coach, you belong there, and then go back to coach the next day. Uh, that was the finest, finest uh, level of respect I have yeah. ever been shown by somebody in my profession. I'll never forget it. Yeah, never.
3: Well, Coach, I would like to say, as we close, from my standpoint, like you know, for all the players, I mean, it. it thank you for uh if you think you spent most of your time thanking everyone else right well, I, know guys, I know a lot of guys know a lot of guys just want to thank you for allowing uh uh for you and Carol to just be a part of our lives because we all you know we're trying to win and win games but you know we watched how you and Carol were and, and it made us you know make a decision about being better men and yeah. better husbands Okay. Right. let me pass this song with this final. Yeah.
1: I'm in the locker room one day with a guy that we signed. He'd been in the league with three two teams, a good player. Got four sacks the very first game he played for us against Pittsburgh. Oh, so I won't mention his name, you'll figure out who he is. <clears throat> he comes to me we're in the training room after a while. He comes to me, says, Coach, you know, I'm getting married. I'm getting married soon. He says I admire the relationship you and Carol have and how you are with the team and the players and your coaching staff. He says, that's a great example for me. That made me feel so good. That's a that awesome. contribution being made other than how
3: he plays football. Well, that's how I feel coach. And I wanted, again, I'm speaking for Lamont, but I was also speaking for all the other guys because, you know, it, it, it sometimes uh, like the old saying says, you know, people may not read the Bible, you may be the only Bible that they read. So oh, it, it, it's, how, it's, it's thank how you you Thank you, Coach. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank Thanks you. again, okay.
2: Coach. We know uh, we appreciate you having on, taking up some of your valuable time. Congratulations once again. Congratulations. Have a great time uh, down in Florida.
1: Yeah, I will. All right. Yeah. Anytime I'm here. Take care. See you later, Coach. Love okay. Coach, guys, love you both. Love you, you. both.
2: Well, now, folks, if you didn't get something out of that, um, you're not paying attention. I mean, Lamont, uh, he is real. I mean, and, and trust me, I mean, he he meant what he said in terms of caring, but he also meant what he said when he could get after somebody's ass. And and th- th- there was there was a a side of him that was no nobody any more stern or whatnot than any other coach that isn't looked upon well. I mean, he got he got after you but he also showed you
3: that he cared which i thought was a pretty cool deal we well, can you know Kendall, you know coach coaches coaches about winning and you know and 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 what he said and, and he we saw this on a daily basis fun is when you win yeah and 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 if you and, and if you are having if you're winning in your relationship with your wife girlfriend whatever that may be you're winning yeah. you're winning you are winning and you are having fun yep right and, and 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 in order to win you have to have crucial conversations at times right and and those aren't those those don't those don't feel too good and we all have you know kids you have your know, two huge beautiful sons you know it wasn't always easy no. <laughs> you know to, to have these soft conversations you had to especially that young one that i met the other weekend at six foot eight like it's kind of me and can kick my ass I mean, yeah. so, so, But you it's 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 big. It, 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 Coach was willing to have those kind of conversations, and players knew that he cared. Right, yeah. he wasn't doing it and yelling for everybody to hear it, and you know he he was doing it because he saw you not having fun and not winning, and so and and he cared that, you know, you your how you were affected the people on your team. Right, he always about team, and so yeah, it. it there's a whole lot there for our listeners to, to take and and really apply to their own lives um, uh, and, and share because um, coach has always been real about life principles and and that is the true Hall of Fame coach Dick Vermeil. I'm just yeah. blessed to be around you.
2: Absolutely. I don't think we can close any better <clears throat> than that. Folks, we appreciate you coming beyond the game where we talk about things outside the white lines when the game clock stops. He is Lamont Winston. OG of player programs in the NFL. I'm Kendall Gammon, 15-year NFL veteran, and we will see you once again soon on Beyond the Game.